You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of We Got Next here on MMAFighting.com. I am Mike Heck. We are back. We took a week off last week. I took a few days off after covering the Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley fight in Tampa. What a scene. And I've said this a few times. I felt like I was 487 years old being out there covering that event because I I just don't. When I was growing up, 80s, 90s, even like in the 2000s, the word celebrity wasn't a very loose term. Like you were either famous or you weren't famous. And it was pretty easy to spot who the famous people were. And if you saw famous people and you saw people lining up to take pictures with these famous people, you thought, I know who this person is. But in this day and age, covering an event like that and seeing all the people that were had lines to, to take selfies with, I didn't recognize any of them. I maybe recognized like one out of 50 or 60. It was just a wild scene for the first time in my combat sports journalism career that was the first time i was like man am i too old to to cover the sport and then i realized this is just kind of a freak show thing with with jake paul and how long is this going to last but it was a definitely a week i will never forget uh for good or for bad and happy to be back on the show talking some mma talking to some of the stars of the of of the sport who are on their way up who are looking to do some big things and we got one guest this week i haven't done an interview in a while since tampa but it's nice to be back home sitting in the chair in command center 3.0 and having these conversations and i had a conversation with ricky simone who had a big win on the final ufc event of the year ufc vegas 45 a couple of weeks ago he knocks out Rafael sunsau just in vicious fashion what a stamp he put on his 2021 three and zero for the year two finishes of course he had the win over brian kelleher as well but this was a tremendous performance a lot of people are asking questions because they remember simone's fight against uriah faber how that all played out so people had questions what if he gets another veteran test with an established name can he get over the hump and he did that with flying colors And, of course, he got on the microphone afterwards. He called out Sean O'Malley. But even before that, his post-fight interview with Michael Bisbing was a little little awkward. 
Things got a little awkward. Bisbing talked about it. And I, of course, want to get Ricky Simone's take on that whole conversation as well. So always great to catch up with Ricky Simone, the 29-year-old. And we're going to do that right now. So thank you all for listening. We appreciate it very much. Right now, we're going to leave you with my conversation with right now the number 13 ranked UFC Bantamweight in the world, Ricky Simone. say hello once again to Ricky Simone who on the final event of 2021 for the UFC picks up the biggest win of his career he knocks out Rafael Asuncao in the second round at UFC Vegas 45 four straight victories for the man with the returning mullet Ricky Simone who is kind enough to join us Ricky how are you I'm doing great man how you doing I'm doing great man that was some performance it was dominant the finish was brutal and nasty and you're a guy that moves ahead pretty quickly you don't like to savor the flavor for too long but it's been a little over a week now. Are you able to kind of smell the rose of this one, considering you beat a guy with an established name in this division for, for quite some time? Yeah. Uh, well, of course, yeah, I'm super happy with the win. My, I feel like I was so well prepared going into that one. My coach, my coach just kind of really just broke down everything he was going to do. And I felt, I felt really comfortable in there. And I think that was the kind of the theme of the week was just being relaxed and comfortable, but uh, I'm ready to move on, though. I'm ready. To, I'm, I'm excited to see what's next. I'm excited to see who they throw at me. I, I feel like there's a lot of possibilities right now, especially in our weight class. Um, and there's some guys who need some fights who are ranked above me. So I'm, ex I'm excited to see who they come at me with. And you compare the comfort you felt this fight week to like any other fight week you've had, whether it's in the UFC or, or any other promotion on the way up? Um. No, I mean, I, I've been comfortable before, but that was like the most, I think that was just the most relaxed I've been. I think because I, I kind of have been here before, you know, two years ago, I kind of like started my UFC career at 3-0 uh, in the UFC and I just beat, I beat Ronnie Yaya, who was ranked at the time. So I, I kind of felt like I built myself back up to that moment and I just like kept telling myself to relax because, you know, I do this every, every day in the gym and I, I've already put my 10,000 hours in and I just feel so comfortable. Like I, I have a, I have a good amount of fights now. So I'm just like, all right, let's just stay comfortable and, and go do what we do. It's kind of weird, like having this conversation with you now, because I remember talking to you back, but well before the UFC, like, yeah, I think it was, I don't remember how long you were a Titan FC, but I remember we spoke before that. And it just seemed like you were just getting started then. And now all these years later, like you're a UFC veteran, you're, you're winning all these fights. You're in the top 15 again. Like you're, it's just it's it's kind of strange to to think back on like some of the early interviews I've done in my career and just see where some of these guys are now. And you're one of those guys that's probably at the top of the list. Is it kind of surreal to to look back on those early days and think about where you're at now? Do you think about those days at all? Yeah, I mean, if, shoot, it feels like it was just yesterday. I don't know. It <laughs> like it just, I feel like it's been flying by. You know, I, uh, I'm 29. I'm 29 now. I have I'm 19 and three as a professional. Um, no one's called me Young Buck in a while. I feel like everyone used to always call me the Young Buck. Uh, Ed Herman in the gym called me a veteran the other day. I'm like, shit, Ed Herman's called me a veteran. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like to hear from from a guy like that? Oh, that was, you know, he's he's like, you know, the one of the teammates, one of the captains, one of the coaches at the gym, you know. So it's awesome getting to be around him. And you know, he's been he's been in the game forever, like since Ultimate Fighter, what three? So, I mean, it, it's, it's awesome to get to learn from him. And, it, and he's definitely helped me a lot. But to hear him say, like, call me a veteran, I'm like, oh, man, that was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking back, like, 
when these fights happen, weird things kind of pop in my head, like from movies and different references. And when I when I saw your finish, I was thinking back at like the movie Rounders after you won. And, and Matt Damon had this great line when he was talking about poker. And I feel like it relates to fighting and mostly how the fans view fighting. It's under the effect of like few players recall big pots that they've won as strange as that seems, but every player can remember with remarkable accuracy, the outstanding tough beats of his career. And I feel like Rick, you could win 800 fights in a row, but until you got up to fighting somebody in the top 15, more notably a veteran guy with that name and resume, there was always that question, right? Well, remember what happened with the Uriah Faber fight? Is he able to get over that hump? And I know you don't care about that stuff too, too much, but there were, what, was there a little bit of weight lifted off of your shoulders after you landed that uppercut and the referee stepped in and stopped the fight? Um, a, a bit of me, like I, I know what I'm capable of. So like, there wasn't like, I, I don't know, but there was a little bit, a little part of me that was like, damn, I can't lose to another old guy. You know, <laughs> Everyone's going to know my kryptonite. If you're over, if you're over 10 years older than me, you know, it's not going to go good. <laughs> yeah. It's just in, in this sport, it's like, you remember those things, but once you get, once you get that one win, it's like, it's like the other one didn't happen. Like, I think people will still remember the for, for more for Faber, but less for you now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I feel like, I don't know. I'm just used to that, that question all the time. Anyways, you know, like th that, this is why I love the sport is the MMA. Anything can happen, you know, and, and I know what I sign up for and that's what kind of gets, that's what gets me out of bed. That's why I'm so excited to go compete. Cause I don't know what's going to happen out there. I can have the best game plan ever, but you know, you get hit with those four ounce gloves or kicked upside the head and it's going to change your night real quick. So a lot to discuss in the aftermath of this all, of course, I got to bring this up. I'm, I, I know you talked about it on Twitter a little bit, but I got to hear from, from the horse's mouth. The post-fight interview with Michael Bisbing seems to have garnered more attention than the actual fight itself, which sometimes happens in this crazy sport of ours. And it's unfortunate. I watched the post-fight interview again this morning and all respect to Michael Bisbing. He's a legend, former champion. It did not seem malicious to me. Yeah, you corrected him, but you smiled. You didn't say, hey, butthead, you're wrong. Get your facts straight. But he felt like you tried to make him look silly out there. That's not the vibe I got multiple times watching that post-fit interview. What did you make of those comments from Michael Bisming? It seemed kind of out of left field to me. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that could be exactly what maybe he didn't want to be corrected or maybe, I don't know, like, is there a rule that I, I'm not allowed to correct, correct them, you know, like on air or something, maybe. Maybe I don't know if there is, maybe I should have said something after, but I don't know. I, I mean, I, I've, you know, this is my life. This is what I put everything, everything that I do is to wake up in the morning and, and, and get better at this specific sport. And, you know, I have the receipts. I, you know, I fought ring, I fought a ring guy before I, I, you know, I beat a ring guy. I was ranked before. So, you know, I just, you know, I just thought I'd clear that up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know how sometimes you, you leave a conversation with somebody, even I think you find it more so like when you're texting somebody and it com maybe comes across like, and you, you kind of feel you're like, maybe that didn't come off the way I like that I meant it to. And you kind of have that feeling in your stomach, but then you don't get a response. You're like, all right, maybe they didn't take it that way. Did you have like any inkling when you walked to the back that maybe you like made him upset in any way? Like, did you even think about that until he actually made those comments? Uh, well, I mean, I felt it was a little awkward in, in the case. I felt that moment was a little awkward, but like you said, like I was laughing about it. I wasn't doing it maliciously or I wasn't trying to make him look stupid. I was just, I was just correct. I mean, I was just correcting with the facts. And, uh, so I mean, even, even if I did feel that way going to the back, like I did feel like, oh, it was awkward. I didn't feel in the wrong for it, honestly.
<laughs> of course, my ears rang, Ricky, when you got to the point of who you wanted to call out and you dropped Sean O'Malley's name, which if you recall, <laughs> the last time you and I spoke, I was, I was going to ask you about that idea and you stopped me short and you said something to the effect <laughs> of, come on, dude, like he doesn't want that fight. He'll never say yes to that fight. You said you'd love that fight, but you're not going to call him out because you didn't think he would ever take that fight. Now you're calling him out. What has changed, Ricky? What has changed for you? I have to know. <laughs> well, I, I thought maybe um, a finish over a ring guy like that would maybe get him excited or get the UFC excited to make maybe make that happen. I think, uh, you know, when I went in decisions or even with someone, like I even got, I mean, I got two, two finish out of my three fights this year. So I don't understand why people say I'm boring. I don't want to make that matchup. But uh yeah, I got a good finish, and I, I mean, if if I can't call someone out in front of me, you know, then I think that that fight is exciting for the fans. I get tagged and stuff all the time. I get asked about O'Malley all the time. So, uh, and people want to see him tested against a wrestler, and uh, I mean, I could strike too. So, I think it. I think I'm a tough test for him, and people want to see him get tested. Now he's ranked above you one spot. I think you're 13 now, and he's 12. I mean, it makes perfect sense now like logistically it, it couldn't be a better a better time right and what do you think of him yeah. being ranked above you i, I feel yeah, like well, your resume sorry. is a little bit is a little bit better yeah i mean my i try to i don't know what i just <laughs> my reaction there wasn't the best but uh yeah i mean i beat the number 12 ring guy in the world and they moved him to 12 it was, i was cracking up uh the next week when uh, the rankings got released uh i was i was a little surprised i mean i know i know like there's a lot that kind of goes into it but it just seemed it just it just seemed like someone was messing with me at that point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you think on a scale of one to 10, what do you think the chances are that, that fight happens? Like not, I mean, it probably happens someday, but like next, like one to 10, the chances you fight Sean O'Malley in your next fight. Hmm. Man. I, I think, I don't think there's a very good chance. I honestly, I still, from the last time we talked, I don't think he wants to fight. You see, you see, I had, I had, I mean, I said his name after the interview, said everything, and then he goes and tweets to uh, Yanis, right? So, I mean, I think that was the answer already. So I'm moving on. Maybe, uh, maybe you know, maybe maybe they want to push me to someone in the top ten. There's pl there's plenty of guys who need fights. Um, I got some guys that could be fun rematches too down the line. You know, I got uh, a close fight, a close loss to number five, and um, uh, a win. Uh, whether it be controversial or not over number six. So, I mean, I feel like there's, there's some fun fights to be made and, and I'm excited to see what the UFC comes at me with, but I doubt O'Malley wants that fight. I doubt he'll take it. <laughs> the way, the way you started to answer that question, I was like, wait a minute, was there something cooking here? But I guess, I guess there's not, I guess it's not going to happen. Who knows? I, I stay hopeful. I stay hopeful. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, just think, so we have a, we have a matchmaking show that we do on, on, on MMA fighting. It drops Sundays, like right after these events, Pedro Munoz is my choice for you. I think he's ranked number 10 right now. He's still a really good fighter. He's had the tough loss with Cruz. The fight with Jose Aldo was super fun despite the loss. I feel like that's a, that's a good fight for both of you guys. You're looking to, to get another established veteran name on your resume. Mm -hmm. Pedro's looking to get back on track. There's really no way he can avoid a fight with a guy like you who's on a four-fight winning streak after losing his last couple. I feel like that one makes all the sense in the world. But again, you just have so many fun options right now. What are your thoughts? Like, yeah. if there's is there one name that sticks out above the others for you? Um, not. I mean, not really. I just because I feel like there's like 
uh, I think it's been that bantamweight division has been pretty active, and I feel like it's always hard for me to like find someone who, you know, would time would, the timing would match up along with the rankings. And but right now, I feel like eight, nine, ten are all uh, all lost and need a fight. I think uh, is that um, Pedro, Frankie, and Marlon Marais. Yep. Um, so I mean, uh, any of those, none of those names, like one sounds better than the other. I mean, uh, I mean, they're all like great fights. They're all, they're all, they're all tough fights. So, uh, any, any of those. And cause I mean, I mean, they're all ranked above me as well. So if, uh, if, uh, I can't, if I can't beat up O'Malley, then, then one of those guys would be great. I feel you mentioned timing. I feel like the timing of this knockout was perfect because the top of the division is still a mess. It's super fun, but it's still a mess because we still got to wait for that rematch to happen for the title between Sterling and Jan. Then we have Dillashaw and Aldo. We don't know what's going to happen with those two guys. I think Font and Sandhagen, they should just match those two guys up. But I oh, feel yeah. like by the time you fight again, that title picture is either going to be like about to be cleared up or will be cleared up. So I feel like everything is this win happened at the exact perfect time. Do you, do you feel the same way? Like if this happened six months ago, I don't know if it would have the same impact that it's having right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, you're, you're definitely right about that. Cause it like, it's always hard to like, uh, like, like we said for like, uh, when the, when this happens, when got new guys are coming in and old guys are kind of like coming, uh, coming out of the rankings and stuff like that. But it just feels like, uh, things are open, but like, you know, there's still matchups like in the top, in the top five that, that could really clear clear some things up. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think just with a couple, couple more wins at the end of 2022, I could be, I could be up there in the top five or a contender fight, you know? So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to this next year. I was talking to, uh, to your cousin after his big win, he had a sensational finish as well. And he said that you guys had this sort of relationship where you, he gets the finish and he kind of just looks at you and just kind of like swaggers at you saying like, top that dude. <laughs> Do you feel like you topped it or do you feel like you, uh, you were a step behind? Um, shoot. Uh, I mean, they were both, I mean, if you, they were both right here, they were both <laughs> right here. So maybe I was caught, caught me a little, him a little bit, but, uh, but I mean, come on, Vince, mine was over the top, a top 15 guy in the world and a legend in a sunset. I mean, I, I mean, I'm just saying that, I mean, it's, I mean, just, if we're comparing, pull it out. <laughs> 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 just kidding, just kidding. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we, we're super competitive, like like that. We're always like pushing each other, but it's it's always. I mean, it's it's the best. I mean, I have a cousin who's in the UFC in my same weight class. You know, it makes for uh, awesome training. Uh, we we we've been we've been getting down over there in Vegas, having cross training with him over at Syndicate and stuff, and we've been making that work over over the last like you know uh, maybe a year and a half or so. So really since this whole COVID stuff's been going on, so it, it's been cool. But yeah, we're definitely uh, competitive. <laughs> what's it been like for you to watch him mature as a fighter because you feel like the skills are always there it's just a matter of getting that confidence and just getting that maturization in the sport to all just kind of come together and i feel like with him it's starting to come together and you've got to see it closer than really any of us we just get to see the, the end cage product you see it behind the scenes what has that been like for you to sort of watch him sort of live up to the potential that a lot of people have had for him it's inspiring, man. It, it, it has been it, you know, he, at the end of the day, he's still like my, uh, my older cousin, my big cousin. So, you know, to see where him bounce back from so much adversity, especially with, you know, with, uh, that tough fight, broken orbital, torn Achilles, you know, and then coming back and, and you know, um, I, I see him win some fights and then, you know, buy a home and stuff like that. You know, I just, 
um, yeah, it just it pumps me up for sure. There you go. Who do you think wins the rematch when they finally book it? Who's who's going to be the champion come like the springtime? Is it going to be Jan getting it back or Aljo retaining? Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I picked Aljo in the first fight. Um, I thought he'd be able to wrestle him up some more. Uh, but I mean, I, after we did see a lot of that first fight, I mean, just how it was going, um, and what we've seen, uh, as of late, maybe, maybe I have to go yawn this time, but, but I, I mean, I'm not sure. I, I, I still feel like, uh, Al's just a strong band of weight and he, he can definitely test you on some areas, but, but I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely excited to get over that hump though. I want to, I'm ready to see who, who it is. I'm, you know, I, I, I can't stand the whole champ, interim champ, you know, uh, waiting to fight. Yeah, what was that like watching Jan and Sanhagen? Because those are two guys that you'll probably get your eyes on. And those two put on one of the best fights of the year. It was just tremendous to watch. And you're, you know, you're getting ready to fight Rafael Sunsau. So to, to watch yeah. those two get in there and just have a fight like that, what was that like for you to watch? Yeah, I mean, I, they were awesome. They, you know, it was an exciting fight. And yeah, I, I usually love watching any band on fight. I feel like we're like a perfect uh, combination of, you know, athleticism and technique. You know, you, you can't lack uh, in any areas of MMA, I feel like, or you're going to be exposed. So that's what, anytime I, those Bantamweights have to fight, I mean, it, it's always it's always fun. It's always fun, especially especially those two. I feel like some of the combinations those those guys throw, I'm just like, dang, I've been watching The Matrix and everything. So those guys, those guys are living in it. <laughs> it's a, is Bantamweight the best division in the sport? I mean, I know you're kind of biased, but like looking at it from an outside perspective, is Bantamweight... I think Bantamweight, you cannot argue it is the deepest division in the sport. No doubt about it. But is it, is it the best? Has it officially overtaken 155 as the best division in, in, in MMA right now? Yeah, my, I mean, obviously, my completely unbiased opinion. Yeah, it's not even close. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So are, are you a resolution guy? I mean, we're knocking on the door of, of flipping yeah. that calendar. What, what, what are we looking at in terms of... Uh, doesn't even have to be a fighting resolution, just like a, a life resolution. Maybe look at the setup. We can have the Ricky Simone live video podcast with this setup. This is amazing stuff. What, what do we got? In, what do we got on the on the goal sheet? Uh, I'm gonna work out every day. My diet is gonna be better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stop drinking. <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm not gonna do. Yeah, none of that. Um, yeah, may, yeah, maybe something like that. I mean, I uh, started doing some like streaming with Twitch, but like I travel so much. I'm either going to Vegas or going to Timo Yamas in California, I swear I can never like get something going regularly. I think that's the key too, is to stay on top of it consistently. And I, I'm, I'm not consistent in anything but MMA. I feel, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I'm everywhere. I, if I'm not, you know, it's hard when I'm training all the time, but that's what I would like to do is just be able to jump on some streams more and uh, interact with the fans uh, through gaming and maybe some like a uh, podcast. Vince and I have actually talked about doing one together or cause we game, we game together. So maybe, you know, game together and also like talk a little bit throughout. I don't know. Oh, dude, that'd like that be might... amazing. That'd be amazing. And you guys, cause you guys are so competitive. You guys are just like talk trash to each other the whole time, but still like talk <laughs> to the fans. You're like, sorry, yeah. pause, pause. All right, let's answer this fan question. And then you guys go back to like talking shit to each other and playing video games. That'd be, a, I'd watch, I would absolutely watch yeah. that. Yeah, my man, my man. Yeah. We might have to, yeah. We've been, I mean, we've been talking about it for another year, so we should probably get that going. It's my resolution. You heard it here, Vince. <laughs> yeah so you got a studio he's got a nice little studio set up at, at his new house i think you guys got something coming yeah. here, so uh oh, yeah. so we look forward to that we look forward to seeing what uh what, what 20 
22 has in store for you, Ricky. Congratulations on a great win. Cap it off a big year. And uh, I think 2022, like I said, timing matching up. This could be a very interesting year for you and the Bantamweight division. So congrats. Happy New Year. Enjoy the rest of the holidays, man. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for always having me on. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A.